Alrighty, everyone, we are back for another Breeder Awards. We're quite late, and I can't really blame it on COVID, to be honest. I think we've just been doing our respective things. But nevertheless, as usual, I'm joined by the man with his feet on the ground in the scene. I'm stealing that one from Adam Dunn. Thank you very much, James Bean, for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate having me again. I uh, I feel humbled. Always you ask me to be on these and do these. Uh, this time I was like, May, didn't, didn't we do this one already? But, you know, I get stoned. So I appreciate being on. I, I love the show, of course. Oh, that's very sweet of you. We love having you on. So as usual, we're going to do our uh, usual awards for the year, including Strain of the Year, Breeder of the Year, Hottest New Breeder on the Block, got some Hall of Fames, some shout outs and uh, maybe some final thoughts at the end. Hopefully that sounds pretty good to everyone. Uh, so the first award we'll do this year, we might do uh, Strain of the Year or Clone of the Year. We've sort of combined them together, you know. It's, uh, it's If you want to call it a Strain of the Year and it comes from seeds, no problem, but we'll also count clones in this category. So, gosh, I'm trying to remind myself now, what won it last year? The year before that, it was Mac. We definitely did like runs. We were ahead of the curve on runs and then runs won. And then, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Last year, ice cream cake. And what a fucking good pick that was, man. Yeah. Nailed it. Have you, have you seen that show on that TV show? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, I mean, let's think. I got to be honest. I saw a lot of Oreos this past year, this past, uh, what would we say, 15 months or so. And I was considering that for a bit, but I also saw a large sort of group of disparaging comments saying that, um, you know, all look, no substance. I haven't had it myself, so I can't comment on that. But that was definitely one I had in the mix. Was there anything you sort of had in the mix before we revealed the winner? Uh, well, I don't know what your winner is yet. You, didn't, you don't, you don't, I, I wasn't leaked the list, uh, but, uh, well, I just I, I know what I, I know what I think is going to flood the the West Coast market. What's that? Jealousy. I'm not sure if that's your pick. That's a pretty good pick. I'm gonna say I, I saw I must have seen if I saw if I saw one I saw a thousand and one cuts flying out of the animal cup this year. Like no question, uh, that will be grown. And, and that's the situation with the clone is that you have the same thing that everybody else has, unfortunately. Um, with a seed, you're guaranteed something unique. Of course, I'm pushing seeds, but, you know, it, that's going to be in every greenhouse by the thousand. And I guarantee in six months, we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, I can get jealousy for 10 bucks a grand, you know, <laughs> cheap as hell out there. So uh, I would say that one, or uh, I don't know if, they're, if they're strength there is this one, but the Gary Payton. That's a pretty good guess as well. I definitely had those two in my top <laughs> selections. Didn't actually get the winner though, so that's cool because we sort of right. we sort of collectively covered them all. I guess for this last one, this last year, I should say that the thing that I considered was both what I saw in flower, but also what I saw a lot of breeders incorporating into their repertoire. So really popular among some of the more heady breeders in my book. So the 2021 to 2022 strain of the year, clone of the year goes to none other than Lumpy's apple fritter. Yeah. Uh, Post-production class. Kind of, kind of, kind of, I, must, I must be stoned. I'm kind of, kind of a no-brainer on that one. Uh, definitely uh, with jealousy, it's going to be everywhere. Apple fritter is a, is a more tightly held cut that, you know, a certain group of breeders definitely got their hands on. A great strain has been used. Definitely. Everybody's kind of used it. Um, I've seen a lot of different crosses with it. Um, no, it's a, a yeah. And I, I, that's a, like Skittles, ugly plant, but breeds true. You know, Apple Fairly is a great plant. So uh, definitely seen it used a bunch and yeah, great pick for sure. Yeah. It's one of those ones that's sort of been gaining momentum for a few years now, but I've definitely seen a lot of really killer crosses coming out with it in it. And I also think it's good, you know, like shout out to Lump Status, a guy who's contributed a lot of really cool clones to the scene. Um, a part of that original crew with like, you know, ABF Frostboss, NorCal IC Mag, those guys from the Bay Area just putting in work over the past 15 years or so. So, yeah, congrats. Apple Fritter, it's everywhere. 
Um, notably, I've seen some sick hybrids. Skunk VA posts some. They look cool. Uh, I've also been eyeing off Bloom's done an apple fritter hybrid. That's cool as well. Um, yeah, a lot of cool ones in the woodworks. And so the next category we're going to take a look-see at will actually be... Let's do the Hall of Fame. Let's get that one out of the way. It's uh, The Hall of Fame for us is actually always a strain, not a person. So we're thinking about what strains have contributed significantly over the years, recent or years gone by, that have really sort of guided the way, paved the landscape for future strains to roll on through. Uh, so we're always sort of looking back in this category. And I think there's a lot of really good contenders. So after considering all the things I just mentioned, I'm thinking that this year we're going to actually go with Blueberry from DJ Short. It's uh, really a body of work that's hard to ignore, both in terms of its own merit standing individually as a strain, the, uh, the F1 hybrids that come off it in DJ's arsenal or that have lineage in commonality with it, uh, such as, you know, things like the F13 and the Trueberry, all of these strains tried and tested. But I think one of the other testaments to the Blueberry family is that there is a huge, arguably bigger body of work that exists from what others have done with it outside of what DJ has done. So, you know, the, the list of clones is literally endless. I could name a few, you know, even obvious one, you know, Blue Dream, haha. But like, even if we get even more into it, like I've had strains like um, Blue Diamond, I've had a whole range of really cool blueberry crosses from uh, AK Bean Brains because he's done some cool work with it. Likewise, my favorite strain in seed form, the Blue Magoo, comes from the blueberry. It's, it's really, you can't overstate how much of an impact this work has had. And I think there's a famous quote that's been said that something like 40% of all the plants tested at Phylos or something had commonalities with blueberry and i think there has been some healthy and robust discussion around that but if nothing else it really does point to the fact that this strain has had such an immense influence on the the genetics that have come thereafter and it's it's so tried and tested it's really one of the only strains you can say that is on that level that a we still have active seed stock for and b is not a clone only we we you know DJ's still around. He's doing his thing. Yeah, no, I think I, I you know his son uses the F four male uh, quite a bit, and 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 the strain has had such a huge impact in history. There's there's you know like you mentioned Blue Dream, Blue Dot. I mean we could we could blue ourselves in the face here with all the blues for, for, for sure. Um, and and yeah, it, it was you know uh, a short flower indica. Uh, just a great a great plant. Yeah, really special plant. And the more you dig into it, the more it sort of actually becomes really interesting because it's like it doesn't have uh, the Afghani in it that's in a lot of other Afghani genetics. It's almost like, you know, it doesn't have Afghani 1 in it. It doesn't have the same Afghani many other people have worked with. It's got the, uh, the, the Oregon purple tie in it, which is just such a mythical strain in its own right. It's all of the individual pieces are so interesting. And again, it's so, so tried and true. It's really a strain that has continued to evolve over time as DJ and his son have both continued to work it. But again, I think one of the biggest values of it is that we still have access to males and females. Um, you know, notably DJ's selections of females are out there in circulation. Maybe not necessarily easy to get, but they are out there. And uh, likewise, his breeding parents are still around, which is really a unique consideration for a strain that has this uh, body of legacy associated with it. Yeah, and, and, and as he puts it, the finished product has a, a very fruity aroma and taste of blueberries, producing a notable and pleasantly euphoric high of the highest quality. It's very long-lasting and resistible tolerance buildup. Always enjoyable. Blueberry has a long shelf life, stores well over extended periods, a long cure, enhancing the flavors and effect. Winner, of course, of the 2000 High Times Cannabis Cup. Uh, we sell the shit out of it. And it's one of the most ripped off strains as well. Like, um, you know, there's other people that will sell uh, other banks that sell a blueberry. And they don't claim it to be Schwartz Blueberry, or they explain it as a, a piney, earthy 
strain, which is exactly the opposite of it. Um, and then, like, like you mentioned, so not only is it the most ripped off strain of all times, but uh, it's also probably the most used. You know, other people have used it in their process over everything. You know, I mean, you go through my catalog and just, you know, for, for looking at, like, like you said, if you, if you load up the catalog and throw it in, in, in a galaxy real quick, yeah, a lot of that stuff is going to come back because it's been around since the 70s. So it's, it's been there and it's, you know, when, when cannabis was, was a lot different than it is today. Yeah, 100%. And there's so many little various facets of it that we're just going to fail to even do justice in discussion-wise. Like i got a mate in the UK who always reminds me that because I, I frequently say on the show, you know, oh, they love cheese in the UK. He goes, bro, we don't grow cheese here anymore. We grow blue cheese. It's like cheese in seed form, but better. And and so you'll see, as you reference, blue cheese, one of the most knocked off, recreated cheese, um, all just femme seeds out there in general, you know. Every sort of Spain, feminized country, uh, company is going to offer a blue cheese because it's just synonymous So uh, with skunk. So... Yeah, it's it's like the more you look into it, the more you start to get to surprise by where you see it popping up. And and, and you think you've nailed them all, right? Right? And you're like, okay, I got all the big ones. Then you name, you name another one. You're like, oh shit, I forgot about that one too. I mean, it's just it's it really has been used. I mean, guess once again, it's been it, it's it's been a home run since the, since the seventies. I mean, Kim ninety one, ninety one, TK. We're putting that around the nineties as well. So this has been one of those older strains that, um, you know, and and also you got to give credit to, to to the breeder and whatnot, but people back then weren't, they didn't have these giant facilities like exotic or like, you know, uh, JBZ. They don't have, they can't grow a thousand or 5,000 plants out and then pick that one. You know, some of these guys were using tents, <laughs> you know, if they, if, if they grew more than 20, they were drawing some heat for sure. And for them to grow it for seed production, they could be growing it for weed, weed production and getting paid. That was, you know, even something even crazier. What do you mean you're growing a plant for seeds? That's nuts. But if you wanted to preserve it, if you wanted seeds next year, well, then you made them this year. And so that's what, you know, a lot of guys did that on one or two of them. So, yeah, great strain, great addition, and definitely, uh, you know, definitely has a place in, in, in that in the old time for sure. Fantastic. Well, congrats, DJ Short. Killer strain. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Blueberry Terps, definitely up there for me. It's one of the best. Oh, it's, and, and, yeah, and it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a really great strain. And, and it's, it's in literally everything. <laughs> all righty so moving on to our next category we have the most anticipated seed drop of the year so in terms of the most anticipated seed drop number of candidates this year and i think one that definitely sort of caught my eye was it's sort of like a joint one it's the the nl5 reproductions so there's notably inspector and matt riot's nl5 reproduction that's being done by csi or inspector and then there was also the todd mccormick nl reproduction uh both using seed stock that came from greg so i know there's been a bit of anticipation around those ones so that was definitely a contender in my mind and for, and for people who don't know who greg is greg is Greg McAllister. Greg, so, so Greg is Greg McAllister, the guy I know of to be credited with the NL and the NL5 and, and the, the entire line of NLs. And when he was, when he first came to me, uh, we spoke and, and, and he told me he was responsible for the NLs and the NL5. And I said, wait a minute here. I said, so you're, you're telling me that you, you, you did this, that, I mean, I said, most people are telling me that they're using a cut of this and I have to vet them that they're using a the cut. You're telling me that you're responsible for these? Uh, oh, sure you are. Sure are. Okay, I'll smoke some more. Because uh, then I'm like, how do I vet this guy? Who do, who's going to so ask us, do Adam Dunn? Because everybody knows Adam Dunn. He has no clue who Adam Dunn is. But if we think about it, he was doing shit in the 70s. He wouldn't know who Adam Dunn is. Adam Dunn didn't come around until the 90s. This guy was doing shit like in 72 when he came back from the war. And so who do you vet him through? Who you got this crazy old dude telling you you made the shit? But the guy who made the shit is probably going to be this crazy old dude. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Operation Green Merchant. Wolf Siegel, fucking farmer in the sky, guy who used to write sense of million tips. And so I called Wolf. I said, Wolf, this guy tells me this guy made the else. He's like, oh, Greg. I said, that's his name. He's like, yep, yeah, yeah, that's who did it. And, uh, I, I was right with him. And he did that in 72 with, you know, when I was over on the island there. And I was like, really? I said, well, he's contacted me. He's like, oh, yeah, I told him to. I was like, oh, shit. Well, he has. And so, yeah, so that's so that's Greg. So sorry. So I guess Greg, couldn't have found I wasn't aware of it until after it happened, but I guess that Greg gave. Riot and, and those guys some seeds? Is that what you're telling me? 
Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I, I was I wasn't familiar. I wasn't aware that he had given them uh, since I'd heard that he possibly had. But um, so David, so how does it become an inspector and riot thing? I think. I mean, I I think that he so he definitely gave some to Todd because you know they're mates and they chat, and I believe that likewise he's friends with Matt and he gave Matt some of the seeds, and I think Matt passed them on to uh, Caleb CSI because uh, you know Inspector's so well known for his ability to reproduce old strains that uh, yeah, yeah it, it just ended up becoming the two of them doing it. Awesome, yeah, no, that, that that's awesome because yeah, Caleb is CSI. I mean, that guy, that guy holds his own for sure. Um, when his stock comes in, it flies out. And he's he's a great dude. Um, so so yeah, so no, definitely anticipate because who, who doesn't love the NLs? I mean, those were you know, and, and I guess the story behind them. Now, because that's the first thing Dunn wanted me to ask him was why why the numbers? And he said only he named them one through eleven based on size. <laughs> you know, the, the one was the shortest one, the eleven was the tallest one, the five would be in the middle. Would you think about it, if you're breeding and you're using that stuff? The one in the middle is probably going to be the one that gets used the most. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, you know, a hot contender for the the winner. But I think that, to be honest, the winner for me and for a lot of people who I've been talking to is it's a bit of a uh, a washout, a blowout, to be honest, because I haven't seen the amount of momentum this drop got for a very long time. And so I'm very happy to say that the winner of the most anticipated seed drop award for the 2021-22 period goes to none other than Crickets and Cicada with their puck back cross one lineup, absolutely destroying it, including the BX2, as well as a variety of other crosses to things like Sensi Star, Hashplant 13, which was actually, I'm going to do a mad plug here, uh, Mr. Bob and Hannah Bolt, just so incredibly generous donated 30 packs of their seeds to our patreon just go, just to give to our patreon supporters because they're like we love the show we want to support the listeners so we gave out 30 packs to our listeners of their unreleased hash plant 13 cross to the back cross one mail they did um, hash plant 13 being an incredibly rare clone top dog and uh both Mr. Bob talk very highly of it. But, you know, this drop in general had some bangers in it, including the uh, the rare red, red Lebanese hash plant crossed to the puck, the Sensi Star Killer. And uh, if you've been following Mr. Bob's Instagram, he's been posting up some absolute bangers with uh, this Northern Lights female he's been using. So I believe there might be a part two to this drop coming featuring some additional strains or at least i'm secretly wishing there'll be <laughs> but uh they've just crushed it all around so I, I completely slept on this one uh when when my, my guy rob was doing the ordering um it 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 was you know uh the puck back crosses what what what's what, what, what's puck um bucks uh skelly has plant crossed with nl1 and those strains are out there, right? Like it's not, it's not nothing trendy. It's not nothing hype shit. It's not, you know, it's Skelly Hash Plant and L1. But man, I smoked some. I, I, I met with him. He gave me some. That shit is good. It is heavy. It looks amazing. It is, it's, 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 it's nugular. It's the kind that makes that, that donk sound like when you're cutting in turkey trays. Donk, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's just, uh, and, and I think he had four or five different, uh, different of the crosses there when, we, when I met him and smoked with him, and uh, there were it wasn't one that outshined the other. They were all just massively great. And it wasn't like just some nugs were great. They were all awesome stuff, all good stuff. And everybody that smoked it, I smoke a fair amount of weed. Uh, it, it definitely knocked my dick in the dirt. It, it's it's old. I mean, it's two old strains, right? But it's two old strains done damn well, and from the guy who would have the quality of those old strains from the librarian. So. Um, and then, like I said, I was blessed enough to, to have to smoke some, and I will definitely say uh, it, <laughs> it got me high. It got me high. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is undoubtedly some killer, killer stuff. So, shout out to Crickets and Cicada, Mr. Bob Hemphill, and Hannah Bolt, crushing it as always. On to our next award being Hottest Breeder on the Block. This is a, a prize that historically... Just to clear up any misconceptions, historically, it doesn't go to someone who's like in their first year of breeding. It's it's often people who have been around for a while, 
but have really sort of started to get a bit of momentum, maybe even caused a bit of a splash with a seed drop or two. So this is for people who are really, you know, starting to get to the levels of where maybe we think they should be because they're, they're often really good breeders, maybe a little under-recognized, but often some exciting names in the mix. I know that last year I believe the winner was Soulfire and, heck, we we killed it with that pick. He's gone on to do that Bahama Mama cross, which just looks insane. Yeah, no. If if you want shit that washes, uh, his his stuff is insane. It's frost as hell. Uh, great stuff. It, it flies out. We the Bahama Mama crosses were awesome. Um, it, it's just it, it's a, it's a nice plant. Uh, it puts in a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and definitely well deserved. And uh, we definitely has, is 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 uh, one of my top twelve for sure. Uh, great, great guy. Yeah, definitely. And years prior to that, we've even had, uh, in years prior to that, we've even had none other than our friend on the final frontier, AK Beanbrain, sweep this award. So definitely some big hitters in the prior winners of this award. And there was a few names that sort of came to mind when I was thinking about the newcomers of the year. I definitely want to give a, a shout out, Max Yields the guy who created Oreos and collab with Thug Pug to make Pure Michigan. You can't deny we've all seen those strains popping up here and there. They're doing pretty well. So kudos to you, Max Yields. You've been doing some good stuff. However, for me, there's there's another name I've got in mind, but I'd love to hear. Did you have any honorable mentions, Mr. Bean? Uh, you put, put me on the spot here. Uh you know, of, of course, all, all, all my guys, everybody that picked up in the last year, I think is an up, up a newcomer. Um, try to check them out. Uh, I can't, if I mention one, I'm going to have to mention 10 of them. So I, I can't, I can do one in particular. Uh, there's like your favorite child, right? Um, I will say the one that you picked before that has done very well. Uh, we've always done well in our picks. Uh, I think you've got uh, a good one that you're about to, about to name. But uh, yeah, I would just uh, kind of, I think, I think the one that we both have in common is, is, is the one I've got. Yeah, uh, other, other than that, I can't pick more than one favorite child. I'll, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, you'll end up stealing the thunder from me. That's okay. That's all right. Um, well, let's get on to it. I think that the, the hottest new breeder on the Block Award goes to none other than Bloom Seeds, Mr. Harry Palms, <laughs> who has just done a momentous job crushing it over the past few years in fact but it's good to see that he's starting to get some recognition from the masses his work as well has really surprised me and how frosty it is the consistently high quality i've seen some mates grow it out and they're all blown away there I, I even know one guy he's like disciple of the church of bloom he won't touch anything except bloom so you got to be doing something right if you can get people to have that level of passion for your brand and you know he's got some um some notable history behind himself um having formerly been a part of oni having been a part of the tropicana cookies creation this is a guy who's been around for a while and has really put in his due diligence and it's great to see that bloom seeds is really starting to take off with the masses and seeing some cool strains come out of their stable such as the grape cream cake uh, I've also seen that his uh, garlic sour cookies are sick. I've also seen him do some other cool stuff with, uh, what is it, purple full stack. That looks dope as well. His purple ice water shines. That thing is great. Sticky grapes. Um, you know, the magnet bar, the big bag, big bag, the Cushman's cross, of course, with the grape cream cake. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and and he's done he's done a lot of shit in the past, and like you said, it's kind of really a lot of frostitutes in his stable, a lot of frostitutes. Yeah, I think Bloom has got a, a reputation for being like super terpy, super resiny. That's what I think when I think of Bloom. So yeah, concentrate, guys. This is the one for you for sure. But again, you know, great to see someone like Harry who's been around for a while, really starting to get momentum. Two years in a row now, we're going towards your concentrate, guys. Yeah, look, that, that might be the trend. And that plays into the general sort of uh, macro politics and movement of the scene. You know, we're seeing bigger facilities and uh, bigger facilities can do have the capacity to do big volumes of concentrates. And as a result, strains that are concentrate orientated, more likely to get run. There's also just a, a growing uh, 
group of enthusiasts who are really into the concentrates, you know, like I think, I think people are still growing, you know, we definitely haven't reached our peak concentrate enthusiast uh, curve yet before we start swinging back to flower. I think we're still on the up and up. Well, I think, I think there, because there's a science behind it, right. And there's different ways to do it. I mean, we can all go in our backyards and blow some, blow some, you know, some, some butane and try to um, explode our house and, and get our, our little, our little uh, concentrate, but to, to take that process and refine it and make it such an intricate specialty deal that it is today. And, and, and then by using different, cause you know, what's put in which is what you're going to get out. You know, I've always said some of these, these concentrate guys that, that make the, that make those strains were great because the, you know, a Frenchie started with aficionados gear, right? Cuban was using exotics gear. Cuban's great, but he added exotics gear. And so, if, you know, what you start with is, is what you can put out. So, uh, you know, a, a lot, I see, I, I see bloom in, in a lot of, a lot of concentrates. So um, that, and, and the, the, now that we have, the, like you were saying, the ability to run 5,000s, because if we rewind the clock, which I work with a lot of older breeders, these guys were, were growing in their tents and they had 10, 12, 15 to work with. And and for them to have chose what they chose and for us to get where we are, it was as excellent for that. But now when we're talking facilities of 5,000, and you can really sort out that one that's different. I mean, all these are plants, and they're all marijuana plants, and then and they're all this plant and that. But there's that one that's just different than all the others, and that's how I've heard it told when you go into a room is that you'll just it's just different, and you're like, well, what does that mean? You're that you're like, you just see it when you see it, and so and, and to have that ability to run those numbers and then just get rid of the others either through putting in the flower on your shelf or whatever it may be, um, you know. That's why these guys that we've nominated to be best growers in the year, uh, uh, the year in the past, um, because they're working with, with giant phenol hunts. Because that's what it comes down to. If you want something that everybody else has, then then you grab a clone. If you want something that's yours, you grab a bag of seeds. That's it. That's it. Plant more seeds. But uh, shout out to Bloom. You know, doing some good work as always. For sure. For sure. So on to our next category. We're going to give uh, a quick little detour, being that it's been, you know, I think probably 16 months now uh, since our last episode. Unfortunately, we have had a few veterans of the scene bid us farewell. And and so we bid farewell to uh, a true pioneer of the concentrate and notably the hashish scene, Frenchie Cannoli, who unfortunately passed away early last year. And Frenchie was a pivotal man in the scene in really reigniting the fire under the artisanal hash and concentrate scene. Him and his wife held numerous workshops, were uh, affiliated with various crews such as Aficionado, as well as many others who really tried to push the limits and to raise greater awareness in the consumer's mind around not just the quality of artisanally produced products, but also to pay homage and respect the traditional practices that have produced them over the years and the way in which the application of these sort of indigenous knowledges can be tailored to each product to really bring its merits and qualities to the forefront. So it is with a heavy heart that we say valet, Frenchy Cannoli. Yeah, Frenchy, um, I was lucky enough to... Uh, work with him to have dinner with him to know him to have met him to have come to parties with him um he he was he was the one gentleman when he started talking everybody shut up because for one he talked really uh, quietly and for two of course his name implies he was french and so you would talk very quiet you know and you do this and you do this and you do this and everybody would just shut up. I mean, he would like entire restaurants would be quiet whenever he talked because you, you, you want to hear what he said. You want to get that information out of him. And, and so, it was, I mean, I've, I've seen him quiet many of the crowd just by, just by talking. And so that's, uh, not only is that, is that just kind of a, a gentleman that commanded the space around him and, and humbly. So like was, was not of that. I'm the coolest person was just, you know, happy to be where I was. And, uh, so I remember he, he lost a one gram temple ball in a party I had before, uh, a high times event. <laughs> we had a, a free party and, uh, the rumor is, is he, he left a one, one gram temple ball somewhere in the house and they left it. Uh, we never found it. So <laughs> that's a, you know, fun story, but, um, you know, he, he, he uh, I, I knew him through his work with the aficionado with, uh, Evan Boos with Leo and, 
um, the, the awards they won, Emerald Cups they won, um, the dinners we'd have after cups and stuff. So, yeah, just, I was very, uh, lost a good one. And they, they all go too early. You know, we all, we all wish we had more time. The Frenchie definitely one of the ones that too early. And his Ashish and, you know, his last start of Ashish and workshops for uh, a lot of people attended them. Um, I think that maybe that's where your legacy lives is in teaching people knowledge and people remember like Bog, like people that we've had in the past, you know, uh, Sub with his videos, Sub will always go down because how many people, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many people tell me that they watched Sub's Weed Nerd videos. Like, and, and whether Sub knew it or not, by him doing those videos, he created a cult that people were able to watch when, when YouTube was cool. And so, you know, passing knowledge down the way. And I think the three guys we've had in the Hall of Fame or you know, the four guys we had have all been or uh, not all, sorry. I guess the you know the three guys that we lost recently, um, Bog, Sub, and Frenchie, were, were one thing they all had in common is they were all great teachers. They, they took their knowledge and they shared it with people. So you know, I'm sure we've lost others, but maybe maybe that's what we take from this is that it, it's cool to know everything, but to take that knowledge and share with other people, that's what gets you remembered. Yeah, definitely a very altruistic and selfless sort of act to be a teacher and as you said, one that will certainly leave you in high regards and uh, in warm favor with people. So moving on to our final award of the year, the breeder of the year, the big one, the big bopper. This year, there's, there's a number of people who are in contention. And I think that it's important to note that uh, this award goes to people for a variety of factors. It goes for, you know, like how popular they are, uh, how good the work is. Not just like, you know, ov- otherwise uh, bloody Candy Rain would have won that year, right? It's not just about like how interested people are. It's also about how good the work is and does it germinate. Um, it's also about a variety of like logistical and technical things. You know, is this unique stock? Uh, so it's it's a very multifaceted sort of award. And so I think that some of the people who will get the sort of honorable shout-outs or the top mentions in my books will go to Chris of Compound Genetics. I wanted to give an honorable mention to him. He's done some cool work with the apples and bananas as well as some of his other crosses he's done. I think that we've seen a lot of derivative work from other people and that's not to say I'm not interested in it but it certainly has amassed uh, a wide following and has even had other people sort of uh, doing similar crosses utilizing those cuts when they've got access to them likewise I think that given that uh, Chris of Compound has worked with cookies you know you can't can't argue that's going to help with the old reputation yeah uh Definitely compounds. Uh, the apple, apples and banana has been. Uh, it's definitely uh, for being released so late. It was in a lot of gear, surprisingly. I saw they used a lot in a lot of breeding projects. Yet it was released. At, you know, Chris of course had a, had a great booth um, at Emerald Cup. I was part of his NFT. He was one of the first breeders I knew that was actually pushing NFTs. I got an NFT to his pre-party. Uh, we sold this. We sold this packs. Um, good, good stuff. And, and he's he's been doing you know good, good stuff in the in the past as well. And um, you know, definitely uh, uh, a, a, bit, a bit almost first, a bit almost first. Yeah, he he's very much up there. He's been doing some huge waves. And I think this year is the year that he really did come to the forefront in terms of being a really close front runner. Um, just to give some other sort of honorable shout outs, um, Soulfire, you know, we dropped it before. He, he crushed it with the Bahama Mama line this year. Honorable shout-out to Exotic Mike. The Scotty 2 Hottie has caused a lot of momentum. I know that James Bean will be happy that I've mentioned that because he is a big Exotic Mike fan. Also, shout-out... Scrolling, scrolling on his page right now. <laughs> scrolling on the page right now. Uh, yeah, my God, Mike, Mike just crushes it. He just crushes it. Just good stuff. Likewise, a shout-out to Mr. Skunk VA, who's... I think probably added maybe even six to eight lines to his repertoire using some interesting females crossed to the old favorite chem. And I think I read it. I think I read a comment on his page earlier. Someone asked, you know, like, what are you sort of looking to do with your chem lines? And he left a great answer, which said, you know, I want to impart all the best qualities of the chem without dominating the mother, still letting the mother shine through a bit. So, uh, yeah, some really nice crosses coming out from the uh, lucky dog camp. 
But I wanted to give a, a second, really close second, like tied tied second sort of shout out to Mean Gene, who's had an absolutely killer year. He's brought out some cool new lines in collaboration with other people. He's brought out some outdoor specific lines, which is really cool to see breeders really honing in on their craft. He's got some cool stickers that sort of indicate like, hey, you know, do what you want with these seeds, but I think they're best suited outdoors. And He's also released some interesting genetics that are not related to some of the other work he's done. So really injecting some fresh blood into his stable. And notably, I'm excited for some of the pink champagne S1 hybrids he's done. He found a a nice seed in some pink champagne, uh, a strain that's near and dear to my heart. I love it. Also goes by the name The Phantom. And uh, yeah, beautiful stuff. Check out me and Gene. He's done some cool work. Shout out. I, I know Mean Gene from his uh, from his days working with Aficionado, and um, just you know, I, I used to explain him as as as, as I, I think that guy pops a five gallon bucket of seeds every year, like I really really do. Because once again, we're going back to pheno hunting, we're going back to finding that that different thing. Um, and, and Gene's a great guy. I've worked with him a lot of fundraising things. Um, his he has he, he has a home run with root beer. I mean. It, it, the marketing behind it, um, the the it's just it's a great strain, but it's so great, and he's done such good things with it that he can't that he can't sell it now, right? Because he's done such good things with it. He's done he's donated so so much, and so you know that's a guy who's unselfishly taken a home run and and donated it back to the community, if you will. Um, he's always on different panels I don't know of, and, and that's a he's definitely a breeder's breeder. Like if if uh, the, the guy that works gear and is going to find something different and. Uh, you know, uh, that's it's gonna be mean, Gene. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of his for sure. Hell yeah! So, without further delay, the breeder of the year for the 2021-2022 period goes to none other than Crickets and Cicada, Mr. Bob Hemphill and Hannah Bolt. Absolutely hitting it out of the park. You know they they started off the year strong, releasing some unique hybrids like the Light of Venus which was a cool purple urkel uh, crossed with a bit of Kabul Kush in the mix, some really cool elements going on there, sticking to their tried and tested recipe of using some cool old school, old worldly genetics mixed with some old staples. And more recently, they've done the Puck Backcross 1 drop, which sold like hot fires across absolutely every seed bank. It was sold out within you know 15 minutes across the board, often even less time than that and some beautiful looking flower coming up on their Instagram that are the results of them growing it out. I cannot tell you how many people messaged me and said, I caught up with Mr. Bob at one of the organic seminars. He tried, he gave me some of their bud and it was the most memorable weed I've tried in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy their work. Um, he's, he was, and people who don't know can go back and listen to a couple of your uh, other podcast interviews that you've had with him, um, where he goes into his, his history with, with coastal seeds. Um, I was lucky enough to have met with him uh, earlier this year uh, in March. Uh, he gave me uh, selections of, of, of the, uh, of the current puck cross back as our back crossing. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a librarian for sure. And, and you mentioned Hannibal, which is his wife. Um, and, and she does a lot of the work, you know, I asked <laughs> That's Duke. I was like, what, what should I get him? And he was like, Sharpies. I was like, Sharpies? What do you mean? Well, a, a guy that does cuts and does clones and has a library, and I need Sharpies because he writes, he writes on solo cups, right? So he like Sharpies. And of course, and, and you know, he's known as librarian. She's got, you know, most hundred different females or whatnot. Plants he's just keeping and uh, because he doesn't want to lose them to the to, to the to the period of time, you know, and then we and we has them. He's he has he has things he doesn't even like. He's keeping just because he doesn't want them lost. And to keep a library like that, and he's not a giant facility, and so to keep a library like that, you know, not wasted in a room, but but not earning its keep in a room is is a benefit for anybody that, that needs to use it. And one of the coolest things that uh, that that I really noticed when I met with him this last time is that he stressed to me he wanted people to use his product. Like he wanted people to breathe his gear. And I was like, wait a minute. A lot of people don't want that. They don't want to. He's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm 
preservationist, like like the, like the Peshawar Pakistan you spoke of. That was an open pollination that he did because he wants to preserve that line. He wants to make it that available so you don't, you don't lose it, it doesn't get tainted. And so, and he wants people, and his 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 starting stock for new breeders or new guys coming in the scene that want starting stock to breed with, I think you you couldn't go wrong with, with, with anything from his lines. I mean, it's just, it's older stock and older crosses, but they're done right from the guy who, who should have them. I mean, no question. Um, so much so that I know that earlier we discussed, uh, and I, I, I saved this one for you here. Uh, earlier we discussed the NL series, right? Uh, I didn't know that Greg had sent packs to McCormick and uh, Brad. I also know Greg, obviously. I also got a pack of seeds about that same time, which Greg got mad at me because I didn't thank him. Because Greg, I, t- I told you, I didn't know they were coming. You packed them like an old schooler, so I didn't know that what they were. I wasn't there. I didn't get them. But thank you. Now I know what they are. I found them. And since I found them, of course, I want to grow them because if they're what they say they are, then, well, I, I would want them. But the person that needs to have them would be, to me, this guy. would be fucking Mr. Bob Hemphill. So I gave him the packs that were given to me by Greg McAllister. So he has now the same packs that riot and mccormick got so we'll see what he does with that little nifty ones but i figured you know who, you know who should who should have these then a librarian i won't i will you know he he, he knows so much about plants he's just talk to him he can tell you the different what what this shows and what that shows and what the lebanese shows and what that shows and, and he's just he's, he's really he's not the most excited uh amplified guy but uh, he doesn't really get excited over much things but but man his weed just fucking gets me high i tell you what good stuff uh, yeah, and, there, and it's teamwork on that one for two. Like I said, you're, you're keeping around 100 mothers, right? We're not talking about 100 plants, you're 100 mothers. That's you're not paying anything to keep those around. So, shout out to him and uh, excellent choice, excellent choice. Yeah, definitely a huge shout out, and that's really exciting to hear that you've been able to get the seeds into the librarians' hands. Hopefully, we'll see some really special work come out of that. And uh, yeah, just to echo the sentiment, you know, so awesome to have. Uh, Mr. Bob Hemphill and Hannah Bolt take it. They've really been staples in the scenes for years, dating back to their work with Coastal and before that even, and uh, now really getting that recognition for all the hard work they've been putting in over the years, preserving and creating some fantastic strains. Alrighty, friends, we're back at it here with the winner of the 2021-2022 Breeder of the Year Awards, Mr. Bob Hempill and Hannibold of Crickets and Cicada. Congratulations, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's an honor. It's uh, very much appreciated. Look, I feel like I would not be the first to say that this has like, been a long time coming. I think there's a lot of heads in the scene who know that you guys have been putting in a lot of work over the years, and like myself, are really, really grateful to see the, the wider community really embracing it. It's, it's killer to see. Did you ever expect that you would get this sort of reception to the puck crosses? I had no idea that um, there would be this many people interested in the project. And honestly, I had, uh, you know, no expectations of it turning out as well as it did. It's just a, you know, amazing thing. Yeah, look, it it really caught me by surprise because of the fact that, you know, the Skelly Hash Plant, it's been around for a while, and I think there have been a small number of crosses done with it, but I'm not sure if the demand for those crosses really reflected what you got here. I guess you're the best person to ask. Do you think, I mean, I know that Puck Yeah was quite popular, but do you think that other Puck crosses really sort of gave you any idea of how this was going to go? You know, I I think people really got excited about the fact that it's really inbred, uh, good breeding stock, and you know, to get something that uh, is you know inbred and inbred to be potent, um, just appealed to people. Yeah, hugely, hugely. I also have been thinking that I think it's sort of a bit unfortunate, but I think since Neville's passed people have sort of re-examined a lot of the older work with like a microscope and are like, hey, this is actually like really good stuff and there's like a more general sort of awareness. Would you say that you've seen any of that at all? I guess I'll also just quickly add in, 
uh, like in relation to puck, sure. But I've also seen people, you know, quite keen on the NLs and the NL5s and stuff. Do you think people are more keen on the older work at the moment? You know, it, that always happens with an artist when they pass. People appreciate their work. Um, but to be honest, you know, he's been an inspiration to me since the 90s and um, always looked at him as the greatest cannabis breeder of all time. And, um, you know, since the 90s, I've been trying to collect as many clones from him as possible. And, you know, there's not many of them left, but any of them that stayed around this long are truly as good as any new hype strain there is. So, um, you know, the, the puck project is just continuing his work. Um, I didn't add anything else in there that he didn't add. And, um, you know, it just kept getting better with the inbreeding. So, um, you know, taking after his style of breeding, um, really paid off. Hell yeah. I can only imagine we're going to see some people, sort of uh, recreate the breeding steps you've taken to do this, but maybe with some other clones. I'd be interested to hear, are there any other old school lines that you're sort of keen to work with now that you've seen with, you know, the Skelly, that this is like a viable sort of commercial pathway? People are keen on this sort of work. Anything new on the horizon? Well, you know, um, the goal is to get a bunch of old clones in the seed form. I'm working on the Master Kush project right now. Um, pollen is flying right now to make the back cross one off the clone I've been holding for 20 years and um, then uh, purple Hindu Kush working that one and uh, oh, there's a whole bunch more but those are uh, some of the ones that that and Sensi Star the Sensi Star clone I, I have I also have that at BX1 right now Oh, wow. What male did you use for the initial uh, cross on the Sensi? The Brood X. Oh, God. What a good pairing. Yeah. Um, I also made some F2s off a few select Brood X females and um, really excited about, you know, digging into the F2s and, you know, the back cross. I'm going to take that and um, make a BX2 and that's where I'll hopefully make it available if it passes testing and I'll take the BX one and cross it to the Sensi star cut um, Wick gave me and a bunch of other good clones to a bunch of old school stock. Yeah, that sounds killer. And I mean, you just mentioned Wick. I, I have to be honest, he's been posting some cool stuff. Any chance we might ever see you guys collaborating together or do you sort of feel like it's already happening because you guys share a lot of cuts? You know, it definitely is already happening. And um, he has, you know, a mother collection he's been holding as long as I've been holding mine and he's been putting in work and um, he really, you know, loves the plan. He's one of the people that does it for the right reason. So, um, you know, if you're really into crazy sativas that's a really good place to look right there he's um making some really cool things right now hell yeah but you know what this interview is about you and i think you've been making some really cool things right now so let's talk about it i seen you posted the uh the tom hill hayes cross and pollination you did tell me a little bit more about that well the tom hill says i made um an open pollination years ago with the um, original three original packs from him and then um, when I did that open pollination I stuck in some old timers haze female so I made Tom Hill's F2s and then the F1s of the old timers and the Tom Hill's haze I just got into refreshing my seed stock and I made F3s of the Tom Hill's haze that's Positronics F4 really excited I'm going to let a few of those out just so the line stays alive. There's not many people that have uh, kept that line alive. And um, also right now I'm working on making F2s of the old timers by the Tom Hills Hayes. And I also um, have some Tom Hills Hayes cross to original Hayes in there too. Also some pure original Hayes to, you know, hopefully add what um, genetic diversity is left into the pure Hayes pot. Uh, population and um you know honestly i'm just gonna treat this haze like open 
pollination land race work and I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to hope, hope that some breeders are going to take it and work it forward. Um, cause it really needs to be looked through at large populations at that point and selecting the best for making F2s and outcrosses. I think it'll be some amazing breeding stock. Yeah, certainly. I know that there's been, um, some other haze releases and some people have enjoyed them some people have sort of said oh not quite what they wanted so maybe this will be more of a successful route for them just as a quick follow-up did you notice much uh discrepancies between the like you know the positronics haze and uh the old timers haze or were they fairly similar no um you know i've done as much research as i can about the old timers and it's really you know who knows what it is um it's very similar to haze. It might be a haze outcross or some of the same Colombians that made haze. Um, it was slightly different than the Tom Hill's Positronics haze when I grew them out together. There's, you know, more sativa. I would say that that the old timer one haze is more sativa. Um, Tom Hill's haze is very sativa in itself. Um, I think Tom Hills is the best out of what I've seen from um, samples of original Haze and what I saw of old timer one Haze. And um, I think Tom Hills is the best. Wow, that's really exciting. And I guess one of the first thoughts that jumped to mind to people who follow you on Instagram were are we ever going to see you recreate like an NL5 Haze? You know, I put um, the NL2 cut from Jim Ortega in with the Tom Hills Haze Open Pollination. And I also put in uh, NL1 cut from AK Bean Brains in. So I do have seeds of those. And so, yeah, we're going to get some of those tested. And um, we'll see how, how nice they turn out. Fingers are crossed. Yeah, out of curiosity, I mean... I, like, I don't have a ton of experience with the NL2, for example, but would you just, if you had to use your imagination, expect that those seeds would come out similar to the NL5 haze, but maybe like a bit less sort of stretchy, or what do you imagine they'll come out like? Man, if they come out anything as good as uh, what Neville did with that NL5 haze, you know, I'll be extremely happy. I think that's one of the best breedings in history, the NL5 haze. You look at how many clones of NL5 haze are still around in their pure form, and they're just extremely potent. And then uh, you look what JJ did from Top Dog. He took that NL haze and made the Nigerian haze. So, you know, it's amazing breeding stock, and, you know, the cuts have stood the time as good as anything ever created in history. Yeah, definitely some mammoth stock for sure. So... A lot of people had messaged me and asked, it looks like there might be a part two of the puck drop happening because you've been posting some sort of newer crosses that weren't in the first part. Is that what the fans can expect or is that more just some personal R&D? No, 100%. I'm going to um, bring more of the puck, the puck BX3. I'm going to bring that to the public after testing, fingers crossed. And then I'm hitting a bunch of clones. And um, the same ones that really clicked well, and then a bunch of other ones that I think will click well, you know, like pre-98 Bubba, the Sensi Star from Wick, Shoreline, you know, some really, I uh, think, stuff that I have uh, high hopes for. Old Skunk 1 clone that also came from Wick. Yeah, wow. I remember I grew out of Shoreline S1 like 10 years ago when I first started growing. I think it came from uh, Devil's Harvest Devil's Harvest crew and I, I think they're legit even though maybe a checkered past but I remember that was a very unique plant even in my very newbiness at growing I could tell it smelt totally unlike anything else is that what the shoreline's like as the original clone or did I just get lucky with that S1 man it it, it reminds me of that old school 90s smell you know like that really good stuff and most everything in the 90s was uh, from Neville you know so <laughs> yeah. I just assume it's some NL skunk type. I've heard rumors of it being skunk and then NL skunk. So um, it's looking like it's got some NL in there. So, uh, you know, NL skunk by the puck should, I got my fingers crossed, that should be really good. 
Hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm keen for that one. Uh, another question I'd had a lot of people interested in was, I think we might have touched on it briefly in the past, but just to cover it again because people seem to be very interested. Do you have much of a backstory on the Nepalese hash plant you use in the puck crosses? I think people see the photos of that and they're really blown away and they're like, wow, what is this Nepalese hash plant? Man, that thing is really, really unique. Um, Kevin Jordy sourced it out of... Uh grass valley and he you know brought it over to humboldt you know with wonderland nursery and shared it out to a bunch of people and um it's just amazing old school stock you know and when you cross it to something like the puck you get you know throwbacks that are old school shit that you're not really going to see anywhere that breeding just clicked most of the puck crosses uh produced really huge buds but the way those uh nepalese were just covered and calyxes and uh just like next level so that one's definitely gonna meet the bx too yeah wow and just to clarify i think i already know the answer but again a lot of fans are interested it's not the uh the nepalese variety that uh bodhi used in goji og is it no there is a rumor recently going around that uh you know people not bodhi but people other people just assuming it was and um i showed Bodhi samples of it like five years ago now when I first got the cut and he was like wow that's an amazing bud but that's not the Nepalese that he used yeah I think like when I spoke to him at his house one day I think he said that he suspected what he used was like misnamed that it was actually like an OG or something but it just got called that but there you go now we know well yeah it's not the same cut you know who knows what he used so Interesting stuff, nonetheless. So, uh, just to our final question or two before I let you get back to it. A lot of fans, very keen to hear, probably Mr. James Bean, also very keen to hear, any chance we'll ever see any feminized work coming out of Crickets and Cicada? Only if one of my really close old school friends wants to do the work. You know, there has been talk amongst a few of them that they would do the work. You know, obviously people would love to see the red Lebanese and cuts like that feminized and released in their pure form. And um, if I had somebody really, you know, old school, trustworthy friend that, you know, needed uh, something to do, that might happen. But it's never going to be what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be focused on getting them in the pure seed form. Um, regulars, you know, I think... Uh, you know, if the people want it or not, that's just where my heart is. And, you know, that's where uh, I feel good about what I'm doing. And especially since I'm trying to get these old clones in the seed form as, you know, close as possible, um, choosing the males to the original clone, try to preserve the qualities as much as possible. I feel like that's where I should be going. And, you know, with the people's interest in the puck, that only reinforces that. So that's, you know, where I'm going to be going. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's awesome to hear. I I wish I lived closer so that I could do that fem project for you. <laughs> but even if it doesn't happen, we're uh, we're incredibly blessed to have access to your work in general. I think that's just about everything I wanted to ask for our little segment here. Were there any comments or shout outs you wanted to make? You know, Hannibal is. I could never be doing this without her. She's uh, you know, a rock and um. I just want to thank her. She doesn't like getting on and doing these interviews. But uh, it's much much appreciated from her too. It made her really happy. So thank you guys. Yeah, 100%. As as someone who's seen the uh, the inner workings of Crickets and Cicada, I can definitely vouch that Hannah Bolt does a lot of work, has the eye, helps out. So I always try to make sure we give props to her as well. She's fundamental in it all. And I also just wanted to give you guys another shout-out, props for the award, you know, a, a killer year so far. Not just the Puck Backcross, even the Brood X, which it's crazy because I guess it's sort of maybe for some people feels like it got a little overshadowed by the Puck releases, but that in its own right was like contender for really up there with strains of the year sort of thing. So I think that's why collectively it was obvious that you guys were the choice for Breeder of the Year. And I also just had a lot of Patreon members who we like, you know, the hardcore listeners 
message me and just say, you know, like they feel really good that you guys want it. You got the right vibe and a lot of people really relate to how you've got this organic approach and just people in general, just uh, expressing that they're just really stoked to hear that you guys got it and that they felt you've deserved it a long time coming. Well, you know, I couldn't be more shocked and more happy and it's greatly appreciated and thank you very much. Alrighty, I think that just about brings us to the end of it for the past 15, 16 months. Any comments, any notable shout-outs you want to give for people who maybe didn't make the list but are near and dear to your heart? And let me save you the effort. I know everyone you stock is phenomenal. They're all your children. You're a loving papa. You've got you got a shout-out for all of them. That, that, that's the thing. So, I, so if, if I do one, I got to sit here and go through the list. I mean, like I re- represent all these guys. Because if I don't, I'll feel bad. So um, it, it really is. Because it, it also comes down to if they're all individual, they're all unique. And that's the fun thing about seeds. If they were all doing the same thing, I wouldn't need 60 of them. I wouldn't want 60 of them. I'd steal a couple of them, right? Because it, it, it's like sometimes when we deal with them, I have to tell them people who deal with, you know, we deal with stoners on the phone, right? I deal with super stoners when I talk with breeders. Those are guys who are trying to get higher. And so... Uh, so sometimes you know you, you get the, uh, the the bumps in the road that come with, with dealing with super stoners, but um, but they're all but they all do different things. And so you know when I pick up a breeder, I pick him up for a reason and for what he's doing, what he's working with. And so for me to pick one over the others, it depends on what you're looking for, right? Each breeder is going to do something different for you. Um, if 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 you if you're growing, uh, you know high frosty THC stuff, I might tell you get a pack of Snow High. Go with some land rates. Go with some crazy off the wall stuff that you didn't have grown before. Um, that you might see different things. You'll see some original characteristics of what they used to be before they were so heavily worked. You know, if you're if you're big into you know exotic genetics, I might tell you go go try a pack of four twenty fast you know fast buds. Try try some autoflowers. Why? Why not? You got two pots in the plant. Try them and say everybody stock shit about them. Well, other plants have evolved. Check out how autoflowers have evolved. Give them a shot. It doesn't cost you anything. One plant gives you keeps you excited to go out to the grow. I know when I was growing, my my whole room was the same thing. I kind of get bored because I saw the same thing that I had grown for the fifth time. And so if I kept like one or two plants at the front there, I might see different things and keep you motivated to go out to the garage. And you definitely want to keep your you know ninety percent of your canopy paying the bills, but. The other five to ten percent, you can play, you know, scout and looking and growing something. It's exciting. So, so like I say, uh, I got I got lots of stuff. Uh, over, over sixty breeders on the website. Check them all out. They're all great. Shout out to all of them. Uh, definitely big shout out to uh, you know second place compound. Big and we carry those guys. And definitely big shout out to Crickets and Skins. Uh, Once again, you know, not a new guy, not a flash in the pan, not someone who's been here you know, the last five years. This guy's been putting in the work. Has the genetics to show it and. Uh, I, you know, if I find to pick out one of the strains, I, I wouldn't want you to put me on one. They're all they're all just phenomenal. Like there's there's not it depends what you're looking for. So really good stuff. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Everybody, uh, of course I am James Bean, seedsherenow.com, uh, and seeds here now, SHN auctions, which if you don't know about my auction site, give myself a little plug. Uh, we auction off stuff for my vault. Um, over the past 12 years, I've been working with breeders and uh, I always keep two of every pack. Uh, we keep uh, say I get 10 packs in. Um, I keep two of them uh, as my own as, as my own stock. I buy those two, put those in the vault. Um, that way, if there's any situation down the road and I have to replace a pack, I've got that pack and I can fix it for you and make it right. Um, well, over the years, those packs that never had any situations with them ended up staying in the vault. So they're kind of tried and true packs. And those packs, I'm not growing. I Because I run a seed bank, I can't grow. I shouldn't grow in my garage like I used to. So uh, those, we auction those packs off. And uh, there's all kinds of good stuff in there. It's everything I've had over the past 12 years that's coming up. So it's kind of it's kind of cool just to look at it as a library of the packs that used to be, right? And they're my packs, and so they've been in a bank storage vault, like in an actual bank that has an actual security guard. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff, and a portion of all those uh, auctions go to uh, the Breeder Relief Fund, which we've you know had in the past. We raised have helped through community help raise money in the past. Now we have the Breeder Relief Fund, so if something happens, we've got some money to help somebody sometimes so uh, a little shameless plug of course the website cheechanel.com breeders satisfaction guarantee if you ever have a situation with my product let me know i'll make it right with you i'll tell you send me seeds to tell me to stop uh yeah that's all i got thanks once again i, I appreciate it. appreciate the uh, the podcast you know a lot a lot of history every time every time we lose a uh, facebook page or an instagram page 
you know, we lose that page, but we also lose that history. We also lose those photographs, that that proof that those things happened. And as we lose and we get censored by YouTubes and they, they take down our, our videos for violating censorship here and there, we lose those stories that happened. And so we need shows like this that keep that shit straight. So when we go back and look at what happened and who did what, we have those available to us. We say, hey, this, you know, yes, now you can go down the corner store and buy that pack of joints, but it wasn't always like that. And this is how we got here. So uh, I appreciate you doing the podcast and keeping it up for everybody. And I'm sure it's labor of love. It's got to be a, a, a thing to do every, you know, oh, I got to go do another one. But uh, we do appreciate it and uh, keeping the history correct. Likewise, we appreciate having you as a sponsor and you nailed it. It's a labor of love. But there you go, friends. So to do a quick rundown again of the winners for this year, congratulations to everyone. We have the Breeder of the Year, Crickets and Cicada, Mr. Bob Hemphill and Hannah Bolt. We have the Strain of the Year, shout out to Lump Status with his Apple Fritter. Newcomer of the Year, the one and only Harry Palms of Bloom Seeds. The most anticipated seed drop goes to, again, Crickets and Cicada with their Puck back cross one. We've got our Hall of Fame being Blueberry. The one and only from DJ Short. Likewise, we've got farewells to our friends, uh, Frenchie Cannoli, pioneer of the hash and concentrate scene. Thank you so much for everything you've done. I think that's just about it for the Breeder Awards for this past 15, 16 months. Hopefully we do the next one a little more quicker. That's the Breeder Awards for the year. We'll catch you for the next one. Cue the birds. <laughs> <laughs>